our killer looks like. Tired. Who's Brandon Tire? Probably Brandless. Yes. Is it black? I'm starting to like it. Door just opened. Come on, be a good boy. Blow my head off. Again. Come on, closer. You get one of you guys with that flamethrower, I'll just go. Whoa. Welcome to They Call This a Movie, testing the strength of friendships one terrible movie at a time. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and other podcast services by searching They Call This a Movie. We are part of the Main Naming Network. And to find more from us, check out the website at themaindaming.com or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at The Main We're also now a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation. You can find them at gvnation.com. Welcome back to They Call This a Movie. This is Anthony Delvecchio. With me, as always, is Dan Aquino and Mark Meyer. Say hello, gentlemen. Hello, friends. I have taken all of the tires off my car. Oof, smart move. Uh, yeah, I'm afraid now. Any reason? Uh, I'm afraid they'll blow my head up while I'm sitting inside my car. Sorry, the correct answer was no reason. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> you want to try that again? Yeah, okay. <laughs> Any point? Well, well, no, you have nothing. Well, actually, you do have a lot to worry about because you're not a foreign woman with brunette yeah. hair. So, yeah, you, we're all in trouble, really. Yep, that's right. So, this week, uh, once again, we're still... Without new releases happening uh, for the time being, for the indefinite future. So we actually, this is probably our first requested movie we've ever covered. The one Jenny Aquino, no relation to Dan Aquino, is suggested like years ago that we should watch for like an old podcast. We should watch the 2011 movie Rubber. And we pushed it off for a very long time and then... Dan requested that we finally get her to shut up and <laughs> record an episode on Rubber. So we're watching Rubber this week. And guys, what do you think of and where are you coming from with Rubber? Well, this, yeah, again, I had no intention of ever really seeing this movie. But when I had asked in lieu of Jen to watch this and you said you would do it, be, being very benevolent, it's not like you. I was a little worried. <laughs> this quarantine's got you all kinds of messed up. You, uh, you probably caught me uh, drinking at like 11 o'clock. <laughs> you were hopped up on something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> now's the time to ask Ant for favors. He's hopped up on something. He's uh, dying or... <laughs> <laughs> I, when when you said you would would do it, I told Jen about it. She was very happy. So you you actually have been able to do something that I have not been able to do and make her happy <laughs> so that's that's something that you know you should hang your hat on i had seen a review of this movie a long time ago and i didn't understand it and now that i've seen it i understand it less mm-hmm. but yeah i mean that's really this movie was kind of a mystery to me sure so again there's really no answers there's more <laughs> just there's just more questions that this movie gives yeah and it, it's a simple movie but at the same time, it's not simple. I don't know how to describe it, really. It's yeah. I think it's kind of up its own ass a little bit. Oh, absolutely. I have a question. So Jen, like I said, it's like she must have been asking us for like five years, maybe. It's got to be close to that, yeah. To cover this movie, like, what's her opinion of it? Is it just this movie's weird, and I need you guys to talk about it? I need somebody else to, or was it like this movie's weird, but I kind of like it? What's was it? Was it like the two girls, one cup phenomenon? Oh, God, no. You, you I... have to see this. <laughs> this is... All right, so I would describe r- Rubber to Jen as Pootie Tang is to the rest of us, where you don't... It's not necessarily a good movie, but you find something in it that you enjoy. 
I would say Pootie Tang is a much better movie than this, but this is just her Pootie Tang, where okay. she said she she was watching it and she wanted to turn it off in the first four minutes, but then it intrigued her because where did where was this going? What was going to happen? And then she just kind of thought it was good for a laugh. Like, this is ridiculous, but I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not coming from a place of, I need someone else to talk about it. I think it's just coming from a place of, that it was genuinely interesting to her, and she wanted us to see it, but it, that's pretty much it. Gotcha. Mark, where are you coming from with this movie? Yeah, so I... I really had no idea what this movie would even be about. And anything that I thought it could have been about, it was nowhere close. Just hearing the title Rubber. From seeing the uh, little bit of quick research that I did before watching it, I don't know what to really think about it. Um, we'll get into it more as you know we, we go through the plot. And I maybe I come to a conclusion as we talk about it here. It was just one of those movies where I'm like, okay. You know, probably the whole point of the movie is probably what I was thinking in my head. Like, um, like what, what is this? Why is this going on? Why, why couldn't it just be this one thing? Okay. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know much about it. I knew it was about a killer tire and I assumed going into this, what I was going to see was a straightforward movie about a killer tire. And I was on board for it. The first time I watched this this week, I kind of hated it. I watched it again today to write my notes and I appreciated it a little bit more. I still don't, wouldn't say I liked it, but there were things I hated less but yeah, like, I don't know what this movie wants to be. Dan, you mentioned that it's like a parody, but is it really a parody? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know what it was. It, it makes itself out to be like, some sort of a parody at first, I thought, because the, the, the very first lines spoken are just about other movies. Like, why is this person like this? Or why does this happen in this movie, like a Spielberg movie? Why is E.T. Brown? For no reason. So I thought it was just going to parody a, a certain type of movie for no reason. Mm-hmm. It's not really a parody, I guess, right? I, a satire, maybe? Yeah, I, I mean, the, the the problem with the satire is that there needs there's a, always a point to what the satire is and what you're satirizing. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the point of the satire is. Yeah, it's tough because it's like it's it's self-aware and that's why it comes off like a parody. Like it's. It's a lot of fourth wall breaking. It's a lot of winking at the camera. So in that aspect, it feels like it, but it's really not a particular pair. It's not really taking the tropes of, say, a killer movie or a slasher and like turning it on their head. No, it's not. It's not like it's not like winking at the camera in that. It's it's winking at the camera in the fact that they're making a movie. It's parodying and satirizing just the general concept of movies right because you have the the spectators and i'm I'm using air quotes the spectators Mm -hmm. as the audience right so people are complaining some people are like oh just enjoy it for what it is and some people are trying to make sense of it so they're supposed to be the general audience like critiquing and analyzing movies that really you're not supposed to i guess yeah so it it really tries to be clever while being a horror movie but it I don't it really doesn't succeed at either. Right. The best way to describe it is Seinfeld, right? Where Seinfeld was a show about nothing. This movie tries to be a movie about nothing in particular. Sure, sure. Tough to nail down. <laughs> it really is. It's a wild one. So yeah, there's this whole a whole part of it is these spectators are watching everything that we see through a pair of binoculars. Everyone's got their own binoculars and they're like I guess they're satirizing movie-going audiences? Again, I'm not 100% sure what this whole movie is supposed yeah. to be about. Yeah, I felt I felt each one of the spectators were supposed to be a type of moviegoer. I think that's what they were going for. Right. Like, there's the two pretentious guys that pick apart every single detail mm. of the movie, because who would do that while watching movies? Right. Um, and then, yeah, the, the, the girls that just, you know, uh, were just there to enjoy it. They want yeah. to see it. And you had the kid and his dad, you know, and then you had like the, uh, you know, uh, the people just commentating on the movie and then the quiet guy in the front, you know, right. so yeah. it's supposed to be all types of moviegoers and parodying how ridiculous they all are. Sure. Yeah, that's they fail at it. But I think that's what they were. going. Yeah, I, I think the problem is that you don't have a interesting enough story for it to be 
Like, oh, no reason. You know what I mean? Like, he, following a killer tire around doesn't give you the excuse to just say, oh, things happen for no reason in movies. Well, no. I mean, movies are supposed to take you out of the real life, right? You're supposed to get away for an hour and a half, two hours, and just kind of escape. Movies are still ground in reality mm-hmm. for the most part. So you can't just decide to take a tire, a sentient tire, and say, yeah, this just happened for no reason. Well, you got to give us something here. Yeah. Like, because again, I'm on board with you. You say, you, I want to make a movie about a killer tire. Like, okay, cool. I'll watch that. <laughs> right. I mean, we watched the movie Dolls, yeah. right? And another, they're more inanimate killer objects. And that was done very well. You know, it, it didn't take itself seriously. It embraced the campiness. Mm-hmm. And the, the story was straightforward, you know, simple. It was your stereotypical horror, horror movie. Like a haunted house kind of horror movie. But this is just, it's a killer tire for what reason? We don't know. Where to come from? We don't know. And I, I get that's the whole point. It's just, it happened. Again, you got to give us a little something here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I feel like this is, this is a 10 minute movie stretched to 80 minutes. It is mercifully short though. Yeah, but this is a short film idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is like a college final essay kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I, again i didn't hate this movie I, I just i didn't have fun watching it Mm-mm. right yeah. but i think what i did have fun with was knowing that jen knew that i was watching it and seeing my reactions to it <laughs> like yeah it's fucking crazy right like, yeah but it's not cr- it's not crazy in the way where it's fun crazy you know yeah it's just yeah. crazy for the sake of being crazy yeah and you can even tell maybe in a little bit of the writing where they weren't exactly sure where they were going. Like that whole opening uh, monologue um, that occurs, he starts off describing movie. Okay, I see the path you're going on. Then the last thing I think is he goes, why can't we see the air around us? <laughs> and, yeah. it's, and, and it's like, what Jaden Smith tweet did you take that from? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm, it's like, I'm pretty sure there's an actual explanation for that one too. <laughs> yeah, it was... It's like, I'm not a scientist, but I'm sure I can look up why can't we see the air and they were come away with an, an answer. It, it reminded me of the, the Joe Dirt part. Where like, why, like, why are rainbows the way they are? I don't know. They just are. <laughs> okay, I, I'll buy that. How exactly is a rainbow get made? <laughs> it just does. Yeah. That, <laughs> yeah like, okay, I'm along for the ride there, but here, just like... It, it's a it's a it's a weak setup that doesn't pay off. Yeah. And I, I as I was watching the movie, I was trying to think, like, how the hell are we going to stretch this into like a two hour podcast or an hour and a half podcast? I think Never you doubt just, it. No. Yeah, we we do have an uncanny ability to just run our mouths. Uh, <laughs> but I, I think we really just need to come at it as we need to strike this movie as just absurd yep. and, and go from there. Yep. Rubber from 2011 is directed by Quentin DePew. Stars Steven Spinella, Jack Plotnick, Wings Hauser, Roxanne Mesquita, Ethan Cohn, and Charlie Kuntz. Has an IMDb score of 5.8 and a Rotten Tomato score of 69%. Nice. There we go. <laughs> Better than Batman v Superman. Yep. So, Budget. Dan. What are you saying is that Rubber is a better movie than Batman v Superman? Numbers don't lie, man. Numbers don't lie. You heard it here. <laughs> yep. That's that's not it's not even a hot take. That's just the cold hard facts, baby. <laughs> budget $500,000, box office 100,000. Small budget, small returns. Yeah, I mean I feel like for a movie like this you don't really care about the returns, right? No. I can't imagine anything. I can't imagine they made this movie for $500,000 or sweating whether or not they were going to make their money back. Right. <laughs> I am actually surprised it made any money. I, I I don't know how these movies make money to be honest. Because yeah. what did it get a world it didn't get a worldwide release. I'm sure it didn't. Right. So what do you what do you do? I don't I don't know how that works. I would yeah. like to have been on the red carpet reveal for that though. <laughs> All these people waving at like ten people. Yeah. You guys want to get into the plot? Sure. 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 Right. Uh, Dan, you got anything? Of course. I wanted to plug our good friend Tia from uh, Geek Vibes Nation who also doesn't like Batman v Superman. So she's one of the sane ones on that website. Uh, so check out the Top 10 with Tia, a weekly podcast where Tia and her crew tackle a number of entertaining topics, like the Top 10 Movies of the Year or the Top 10 Worst On-Screen Couples. This podcast has it all, 
So don't miss out. Nice. Uh, yes, and we will be right back. But first, we are going to take a minute to listen to some, some messages from friends of the podcast. So we will be right back. Welcome, travelers. Seems like you're looking for a story. Well, I got one for you. It involves adventure, friendship, and all hey, sorts hey, of... Hey, uh, Earl, why don't you tell him about that time I stole that big-ass melon? Yeah, yeah, I, I was going for more... Or you could tell him about the time I kicked your ass, Earl. I wouldn't ever tell him Do I need to get time. my ref gear on? Okay, everyone, shut up. Now come with me as I tell you a story from afar. Hey everybody, my name's David. I'm the DM for From Afar Podcast. A From Afar Podcast is all about four friends separated by distance, brought together by adventure. Hope you all stop by and give us a listen. Thanks. Oh hi, didn't see you there. It's me, George, from the best little horror house in Philly. The show where we talk about the best horror movie ever made, according to our guest at least. We've talked about groundbreaking classics like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Alien, but we've also got a lot of great ones coming up, including some very fun guests like Len Kabazinski of Swamp Zombies and Red Letter Media fame, Caroline Williams, the star of Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, and Chase Williamson from John Dies at the End. So make sure you subscribe to the best little horror house in philly and i'll see you boils and ghouls over there welcome back and it's time to get the plot for rubber we open on some dining room chairs in the middle of the desert a guy in a tie with a whole bunch of binoculars when all of a sudden a car shows up driving over all the chairs and the trunk opens and a guy in a sheriff's uniform steps out takes a glass of water from the driver and addresses the audience the the one thing i want to mention about this is I wonder how long or if it took multiple takes for them to get those chairs in the right spot. Did someone actually sit out there with a tape measure and go, you know, this is this far? Or did they just go, fuck it, I think it's close enough? I think it's just the whole point of it's nonsense. Yeah, So there's no reason for it. Yeah, and you can clearly see that these are not well-made chairs to begin with. Yeah. Like you just, a, a stiff breeze would have knock those over <laughs> and then the sheriff has a monologue about things that happen for no reason and that's basically the premise of the whole movie is that they're telling you ahead of time that nothing that you're about to see means anything but his uh his points are why is et brown no reason why and some of the things are like his one of his points was uh, the guy and the pianist adrian brody and the pianist why is he poor but he plays so well and it's because there was a, a holocaust going on and he was uh, <laughs> right he was a very out. specific answer for that question it's not no reason right uh, he could have picked a ton of other movies he, yeah he had a whole litany of movies why you know anything why does the shark hunt one specific family member no reason <laughs> he also calls texas chainsaw massacre the excellent chainsaw massacre which bothers me yeah I didn't know if he did that on purpose or mm. it must have been on purpose, right? Yeah. I guess because this is a horror movie. Unless he flubbed the line, if he was supposed to say the excellent Texas Chainsaw Massacre by Toby Hooper. Oh, maybe. I don't. And they were just like, this is the best take we got. <laughs> I feel we're like just he, gonna deal with it. He belonged in the te- Texas Chainsaw Massacre, one of its sequels, right? This guy. Yeah. Because he's just a creepy Southern dude. Mm-hmm. Then he pours it. Then he he does the monologue. Then he pours out the glass of water that he has been holding. He gets back in the trunk and they drive away. And then we find out it's revealed that he was actually not addressing us. He was addressing a group of people who are the audience. They get the binoculars from the guy in the suit and they start watching the movie through the binoculars. They're the quote unquote audience. So basically, they're seeing everything we're seeing through uh, binoculars and they will eventually comment on them. Then suddenly. As the audience is watching, a tire in a pile of trash gets up and starts rolling around in the desert. And it falls down, gets up, rolls around, runs over a bottle of water, then a scorpion, and then rolls along. Tries to run over a beer bottle, but can't, so he blows it up with psychokinetic energy. The audience comments on what they see and the ethics of piracy. And then he finds an aluminum can and blows it up and then it rolls along again. Yeah, they even had an argument over telekinesis versus psychokinesis, mm-hmm. which I was like, okay. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, even when it tries to be you know, cheeky with the whole, like, oh, this is how audiences argue. Like, no one ever argues about that sort of squabble, you know? I've never once come across a audience member who's like, no, it's actually psychokinetic, not telekinesis, okay? 
Get it right, nerd. No, no, they they are not mutants. They're what is it? Uh, enhanced gifted. humans. They're gifted. They're not mutants. <laughs> all right. It's Frankenstein's monster. There we go. <laughs> so then the then the uh, tire continues to just roll around. Eventually, it gets dark. So then the tire just falls over and falls asleep, as does the audience. Then it wakes up and starts rolling again, while the audience gets woken up in the morning by the corporate guy. Everybody is just kind of hungry, and that's it. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> moving on. I'm, I'm wondering, like, again, we're picking this apart, and it's exactly what the movie is making fun of us for doing. But, you know, what what's the sign-up for this? Like, you know, to, yeah, you're just going to watch this until it ends. We don't know when. Yeah. You're. It might be all night. Right, yeah. Uh, just getting back to the point that you just said, we're doing exactly what the movies making fun of well isn't this movie's just so fucking clever <laughs> right go fuck yourself movie so they're hungry and then the tire finds a puddle of water and drinks and he sees a rabbit and blows it up and he's rolling again uh, he makes it to a, the highway and sees a woman drive by in a convertible so he uses his powers to turn her car off and then he rolls in the middle of the road trying to uh, get to her but then he's blown off the road by a truck that blows past so the woman is able to turn her car back on, and then she drives off. Then the tire boat blows up a crow. Uh, a lot of animal cruelty in this movie, right? Oh, Dan? yeah. Yeah, but it's fake, so. I mean. I think, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. This movie has, like, <laughs> a, like that was one thing I was thinking about, especially when the rabbit gets blown up. I was like, there is, like, a, a non-zero chance that they blew up a real rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am kind of convinced that they killed the scorpion. Yeah. I, I don't know why. I just feel like they didn't really care about scorpions. Because yeah. the, the insect lobby isn't as strong as the uh, the That's animal gross, lobby. Yeah. That's the number one lobby that I fight for, Mark. The insect lobby. Yeah. I'm their advocate. You're a monster. Right? I'm the monster. <laughs> yeah, I guess. No one likes insects, right? <laughs> well, it just depends. Like, <laughs> like wasps have no... That's true. Yeah, they they have no circ they have no purpose within the circle of life really. Yeah. They're just assholes. Exactly. <laughs> but think of it this way: there's plenty of asshole people in the world who the serve wasps, no purpose. Wasps are the assholes of, uh, of the, the world. Insect world. <laughs> right. Well, just think of it that way, right? I mean, Some a good amount of people. Jerks. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Exactly. But they get to live. So listen, if we have to deal with Bob from accounting, who's a total dickhead for no reason. We have to live with wasps. That's just give and take, man. All right. So after they blow up a real crow, they do blow up a lot of heads, too. That's like the one move this movie has is just like, watch us blow up another head and then yeah. another one. Like somehow we get this to 80 minutes. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty cool. I, th this movie does boast a decent body count. Sure. I mean, the headshots are they're impressive. I mean, like, this movie looks good. The, the effects are well done. Like, getting it, like, the tire feels like it's it's really alive. So I'm not I'm not questioning that. I'm not questioning the head explosions, but it's just, like, there's, like, seven head explosions. And it's just kind of like, all right, well, you know, I was good at four. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, you see a couple of them, and you're just, all right, fair enough. Yeah. I think uh, the best one was the cop getting his head blown off. Just because of the partner's reaction. Sure. And, and nothing happening after that. Right? You, yeah. you would think the cop would yeah. do something, but it just cuts away. Right. So the woman in the convertible sees the truck driver at a gas station, so she gives him the finger as she drives by. Then the tire blows off his head. Uh, and then the tire rolls down the street as the cops drive past, assumingly going to that gas station. Makes it to a roadside motel and sees the girl's convertible in the parking lot. And wanders into her hotel room because for some reason her door is slightly ajar. Uh, sees her undress and starts showering. And the audience has commentary on her body. And then eventually when she's done her shower, she uh, closes the door and the, the tire gets knocked out of her room. I was surprised that the audience could see that well into the, into the yeah, hotel room. It's, they they comment as if they are seeing exactly what we're seeing but first these binoculars are making them see them so it's yeah it's a little bit of a i mean obviously none of this makes any sense so why stop there uh, yeah that, <laughs> i get that for sure but i don't know that that part was like well it would it would have made more sense if the audience was following this around instead yeah. of it being like they're just 
stuck in a central location. They're like on a tour bus. Yeah, exactly. Or like, yeah, walking tour or whatever. Like, all right, and then he, like, here's the next scene. Take it in. And next scene. I'm, gl- I'm glad that they included an incel in this movie. The guy was like, that's not, that's not my kind of ass, but, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's worked right. perfectly fine. Right. Two out of ten. Listen, would not 2011 die. was a different time, right, Mark? <laughs> <laughs> that's Fat Neil from Community. Yeah. That is. That's who it was. I couldn't remember who he was. Like, Was he on <laughs> Lost? I thought he was the other guy. Um, if you're talking about Hurley, it's not Hurley. No, yeah. That's who I was thinking of, the uh, the big... He's almost like Hawaiian. Yeah, no, that's not him. Okay. Yeah. Well, I guess that's like my... In my, like, fat shaming, I guess. I don't know. I apologize. They all look the same to you. Yeah, huh? that that's what... But he had the same kind of hairstyle. Yeah. Right? All right, so it's not, it's not just the fat guy part. It's the <laughs> hairstyle with the fat. That's what it was. That's what threw me off. Okay. So then the, the tire somehow gets its own room and starts watching TV. That's where I draw the line. It's like, where does he, how does he rent a room? And he's watching aerobics on television, and then he switches over to some sort of weird hula show. Then it's kind of nighttime. The corporate guy stays at the same motel, gets a call from the master, and we always hear one side of a conversation, and he just says, yeah, it'll get done tomorrow, I promise. And then we pan over, and he has a live turkey in his room for some reason. For no reason, as this movie no would reason. say. Yeah. I thought he was going to bang the turkey. Yeah, yeah, I was getting that sort of weird vibe, too. It was also just a weird David Lynch sort of cutaway. It was like, well, that's weird. I'm not going to explain why this turkey's here. But they do actually pay off why the turkey was there, which I was surprised. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually David Lynch would just be like, it was there and you'll never see it again. <laughs> pay no mind to that turkey. Yeah. Or pay all the mind to that turkey. Just I want you to wonder about the turkey for the rest of the runtime here. <laughs> uh, that's that's what I kind of felt like this movie was trying to do. It was trying to do some David Lynchian stuff, but it really didn't have the confidence to do it. And there's like some, just a, a little bit of disconnect because... David Lynch, when he creates, like, he creates motifs that doesn't make any sense, but if you dig deeper, they make a weird amount of sense. Um, I'm not a huge, I don't love all his movies, but some of them I do enjoy. But here it's just kind of like, well, this is something that he would seemingly do, but there's really no reason why we're doing it, but it just seems weird. And that's kind of what I wound up taking away from this movie. I'm glad you took something away because I didn't take anything <laughs> away. <laughs> The next morning, the corporate guy leaves his hotel room um, with a bag, and he goes over to where the people are sleeping, and then he dumps a single cooked turkey for the audience to eat. And they devour it like animals, all except the guy in the wheelchair, played by Wingshauser. What was he in? I don't know what he's in, besides a really terrible movie I watched today, but I've never seen before. But I've heard his name before. Was Rubber the really terrible movie you saw today? No, it was a completely different movie, and he just so happened to be in that movie, too. Interesting. Yeah. Way to bury the lead. Yeah, but I don't know. I know the name, but I don't know where I know it from. So the maid goes into the tire's room to clean. She finds a tire in the shower, so she thinks someone's just kind of playing a prank. So she throws it outside. Then he rolls back, the tire rolls back into the room and closes the door behind it. Kid sees a tire rolling by himself, so he tells the hotel manager, who tells him to stop lying and to get him a pizza with double toppings. So the tire uh, then watches a turtle documentary on the TV after blowing up the maid's head. And he goes to the pool. He watches the girl with the, from the convertible get out of the pool. And then she puts boots on immediately after getting out of the t- <laughs> out of the pool. And that bothered me. Yeah, I don't I, I hate getting wet to begin with, especially if I'm wearing any type of clothing. Oh, yeah. I will freak out. So, yeah, if I had gotten out of the pool and put on even like shoes, I would been I would have been miserable. That's just yeah. a, like a look into my life. No, it, it's absolutely true because the kid later when he retrieves the, the tire he's out in of his the clothes, pool, he's in jeans yes. and there's nothing worse than wet jeans. Oh, thank you. I'm glad you brought that up. Are <laughs> you really going to make your kid go into the pool in full clothing yeah. to get the tire? But it, it, it turns out that they work there, I guess. Yeah. Right. I wasn't sure if he was like related to the kid. The, the guy owns... The, the guy is definitely the owner of the motel. Right. I don't know what the kid... I, I assume it's his son, but he could be just some kid he's getting free labor out of. Right. Because when the kid goes goes to get the pizza and he brings it back, he puts the roadkill on the pizza. I'm like, well, yeah. I don't know if that's something you would do to your father necessarily. Right. That's true, yeah. 
or maybe it was like a stepdad kind of thing because that's something you do to your stepdad sure right so we learned from like macaulay culkin movies getting in with dad and probably a jonathan taylor thomas movie too right the house (laughs) there there you go yeah that's a classic get back at the stepdad maneuver right there Mm. put roadkill on him and call him a dickhead is it not the crow that uh, gets blown up from the tire i think so you might be right and then there's this in that scene the kid is riding his bike there's a hitchhiker there and he holds (laughs) his thumb out yeah. Like, what are you gonna get? You gonna hop on the kid's back wheel or something? <laughs> hop on my huffy. Um, stand on the spokes. <laughs> That's what, like back in the day when you would ride around with your buddy on the spokes. <laughs> You're a grown man. Have some dignity. 185 pound dude jumping on the back. <laughs> come on, yeah, come on, kid, give me a lift. Okay, Mister. Like, come on, what are you doing? I, I get, and that guy's never seen again. Nope. Right, that's the last we see of that guy. He's in the movie he, for no reason. Nope. No, he, his storyline goes nowhere. He's just kind of huffing it, I guess. I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, that that was useless, but I got a kick out of that. I'm just like, yeah, come on, man. Give yeah. me a ride. Where are you going? Where were you going to take him? He <laughs> goes back to the motel. I don't know. I guess. What if they, this is like Nevada? Like, yeah, I'm going, to, I'm going to Vegas. Can you give me a ride? Yeah. Uh, okay, I guess. <laughs> it's only gonna be about 18 hours. <laughs> if you gotta get there by next week, I could do it. <laughs> so he rides past the hitchhiker, um, and he blow, finds the blown-up so crow and puts it on the pizza. And he rides back to the motel. The tire jumps into the pool, and then the audience talks about whether or not tires could float. And then they all get sick from the turkey because it's poison, and they die. The kid gets back to the the hotel and finds the body of the maid. And then meanwhile, the convertible girl pours some orange juice on her breakfast uh, for some reason. Then the cops and paramedics show up because of the, the maid's body and the motel owner and sheriff see the tire in the pool. Wait, does this happen after when she exits the diner and for some reason just busts the doors down yeah. uh, instead of just opening them? Yeah. Yeah, they just fall off, right? So the motel owner and the sheriff see the tire in the pool. And the kid say the tire killed the maid, but the owner tells him to shut up and get the tire out of the pool. So the kid does in his jeans. The sheriff starts getting a statement from the owner. He, he gets a statement from the owner, and then all of a sudden the sheriff just says, uh, it's all over, everyone go home now. All the spectators are dead. And then he tells the deputies that it's all fake, no one's watching, we can stop. And deputies don't believe him, so he's like, I'll prove it to you. Duh. Take your gun and shoot me. So she does, and nothing happens. But his surprise, though, the body of the maid is real, and she still doesn't have a head. And the corporate guy kind of slinks over and tells the sheriff that one of the spectators are still alive. I was really hoping that the cop would die when he got shot. Yeah, that would have been that would have been good. Right? Like, like come oh. on, just just do it. Don't worry about it. Bam, bam. See, I'm fine. And he just crumples over dead. Right. That would have been a lot funnier. Yeah. I mean, come on, that's that's classic comedy right there. Mm-hmm. If we know it, you, why didn't these people know it? Because they were trying to be smarter than everyone else. Yeah. No, you, so you clever. Go tried and true. That's why this movie failed. It only made a hundred thousand because of that scene. Yep. So the sheriff then walks back over to the owner and starts interviewing him again. And then the tire wakes up out of his, uh, his sleep that he was in from the pool. I guess he took on too much water. But then he wakes up and blows up the head of the hotel owner and rolls away. And then the tire finds a mirror and looks at it and has a moment of reflection back to all the good times he had blowing up people's heads and spying on the woman in the shower. And then the kid walks up to him, finds the tire and starts talking to the tire, demanding answers about why he's blowing people's heads up and where he come from. And then he he rolls on. Then the sheriff takes the tire off his car and shows it to the deputies as this is what our suspect looks like. One of the deputies asks if it's black. A little joke there for you yeah. guys. Yeah. Yeah. Why uh, couldn't he just point to the tire instead of taking it off? Uh, no reason. Right. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> probably saved himself a good half hour there, 20 minutes. Probably. Right. I find oh. a jack, and I was like, ah. Oh. <laughs> right. Those old, those old cars, man. They take a long time. They're heavy. Yeah. It's like, oh shit, this one's got a lock on it too. Right. I don't have the, yeah, I don't have the part for it. Ugh. This is a nightmare. <laughs> you could just point to it, chief. No, no, no. I gotta make an example out of this. Make sure you guys understand what we're yeah. dealing with here. It's not the whole wheel with the hubcap. It's just right. the tire. tire. It would have been better if it had the hubcap now that I think about it. <laughs> right? I don't know why. It just would have looked better. Yeah. And one and one thing I noticed about the tire 
And they mention this in this scene where, like, is it worn? And the, the chief says, yes. It's actually not worn. The tire's yeah, in great good, shape. Pretty quality tire. Yeah, I, I could probably use that on my car, and it'd be <laughs> fine. Yeah. Uh, so the corporate guy then brings the old man more food, and the old man doesn't want to eat it. He just wants to watch the end of the movie in peace. And the corporate guy says, "We don't. there's no ending. It doesn't matter. I just want to watch it. One of the deputies catches up to the tire in a cruiser, and the tire blows his head up. As what the scene that Dan mentioned earlier. Yeah, pretty funny, just because of the reaction. But that's you know, again, like Ant said, once you've seen two, three heads blow up, that's you're good. That's all you really yeah. need. So then the corporate guy, as he's talking to the old man, he starts mindlessly eating the poisoned food, and once you know it, he gets poisoned. Uh, as he's telling some weird story about him bashing his brother's head in the rock. That whole sequence was, uh, and then he even goes, you know, that poison was for you, like sort of yeah. thing. And uh, it just reminded me of the uh, the wheelchair guy during the first poisoning. Um, you know, he just basically heard all those people scream. It, it, it was that moment that came to my realization. I was like, yeah, he heard a lot of people suffer like this. Did he just like just turn his hearing aid off? Probably. Probably you from know, Nam too. Doing yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> With Nam? Yeah, that's probably why oh, he's in a wheelchair, because of that's Nam. That's right, yeah. Okay, for a second I thought you were talking about the corporate guy. I was like, I think he was too young for Nam, Mark. <laughs> no, yeah, the, uh, he he was so annoying, that character. Both of those characters were super annoying. <laughs> I didn't I didn't like, well, I didn't like anything about the movie, but those two specifically I didn't like. Yeah. So, the tire rolls on, and then he happens on a tire fire, and he sees just a bunch of hillbillies tossing fi- tires onto fire as he watches brethren uh, just go up in smoke. And then we flash forward to three days later. And the tire has spent the time in between on an absolute rampage as we see just bodies littering everywhere we see. Just heads blown off like crazy. And the, this is where most of the half a million dollar budget went to. Yeah. Probably. The cops track down the tire in an abandoned house watching Formula One. They set up a mannequin with dynamite on the front porch with the speaker, and the convertible girl reads a script to try and entice the tire to blow up the mannequin so it'll, because it'll blow up the dynamite strapped to it. And the old man shows up in his wheelchair and shows up to the surveillance van and tells him that he doesn't understand the ending in the movie. Says they should just use a flamethrower on the tire. And the cops are just like, well, no, our plan, the plan of this movie, this end is that he's going to blow up the mannequin, and then so the dynamite will blow up. And so he eventually... actually agrees with it. He goes, yeah, that's a fine plan. Like, wait a minute, two seconds ago you said it was a terrible plan. Well, he says it's a fine plan, but you just got to speed it up. Okay, that's right. Yeah, I guess he was getting impatient. Yeah. He's been around for four days, I guess. It's true. Uh, eventually he blows, the, the tire does blow up the mannequin's head, but not the dynamite. So the sheriff gets pissed. He, so then he just walks up, walks in with a shotgun and blows away the tire off screen. So we don't even get the pleasure to see the uh, tire get killed. And then he walks away and he says, we're done. It's over. It's dead. And then out rolls out of that house for some reason, <laughs> for no reason, a tricycle. Yeah. So the old man yells, no, it's not done. He's reincarnated as a tricycle. That's the one time I laughed when he said that line. Because <laughs> it's such a stupid line. <laughs> one of the greatest lines in cinema history. Um, reincarnated then... as a tricycle. <laughs> Come back. So then the old man tries to talk to the tricycle and to calm him down, tell him he's just the audience. He's not even a part of this movie. Don't do anything. And he gets his head blown off anyway. He gets his whole body, uh, body blown. Yeah, he does blow. Yeah, he, the whole thing blows up. Um, and then the tricycle rolls along, recruiting tires to join his revolution as they make it to Hollywood. And that's the end of the movie. I didn't understand what the point of the end was. It was supposed to show, like... Hollywood needs cleansing, or Hollywood is full of tires. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, there's no reason for no the reason, Dan. If you have a question about what any of this movie means, there's no reason. That's the oh. point, and that's a f- stupid point. I, I dislike when movies waste my time, and this is an enormous waste of time. Yeah, yeah, it, but it was a relatively short amount of wasted time. Sure. But I watched it twice, so it's 80 minutes oh. times two. Yeah, well, I mean, that's more your fault. <laughs> right, you did that to yourself. The first time, yes, we can we can point fingers at whomever we want. But the second time, you, you willingly did do that. I only watched these movies once. Well, I'm the one that writes all the notes. You want to write notes? Go right ahead. 
I tried writing notes. I'm I like to wing it, dude. All right. I'm easy going. I'm loosey goosey on this podcast. You're the movie czar. Sure, I'll take that. Yeah, you're the notes guy. You're our big. Uh... But you don't take notes in D and D. I don't. Yeah, well, that's not this podcast. That's true. I'm just saying, like, you're very picky and choosy with your uh, your note taking. Well, the so flow of, the flow of this podcast relies on my notes. <laughs> Well, now you're just like tooting your own horn here, I think. Uh, yeah, this is a weird one. This might be the weirdest movie we've ever done. Uh, I mean, it's a certain type of weird. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Because we've seen a lot of bad weird, and sure. this is just weird weird. I, I don't yeah. know how to describe it. Well, I think I, I understand what you're saying. Troll 2 is weird, yes. but not intentionally. Yeah. yeah. The makers of this film know exactly the kind of weird that they're going for. Right. They're 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 self-aware of the weirdness that they're perpetrating, I would say. Yeah, they specifically went out of their way for weirdness. Yeah. Uh and again, it they want they had a message they wanted to get across, but it just wasn't a very well thought out message. Mhm. Is that nothing matters? Is that what the message is? I guess, but I feel like there's there's probably a movie that's done that better out there in the uh in mm-hmm. the in the world. I couldn't Look, tell I, you what it is. Yeah, I just I just wanted a movie about a killer tire. That's really all I wanted. That's yeah. how I'd make this movie better. Is like I would just have a straightforward horror movie about a killer tire. That's really it. Yeah. None, yeah. Of, the, none of none of the pretension of this movie because it's a very right. pretentious movie. Yeah, because you horror is one of the it's really the only genre where you could get away with that. Yeah. Having a killer tire, you can't do that in a in a drama. You know, not even in a comedy. Comedy, you have to kind of keep it somewhat real, uh, somewhat real. Mm-hmm. And not always, obviously, but you're not going to get away with a talking tire or a, a tire as the bad guy. But in right. if you if you do a campy horror movie, yeah, you know, I'll buy that. Why yeah. not? There was a, a, I don't know, there was an accident at the tire factory that one of the tires was mutated or. It, Went into a, a a ray gun or some shit like that. Sure, I'll whatever. Go with it. <laughs> um, do you guys have anything to make it better? I think you know. Honestly, no. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know this time because you can't bang anything in this movie. You bang the tire. Right. Yeah. This is one of those movies where <laughs> where you could if you you walk into the theater, it says rubber on there, and you leave like, oh man, what a jip. Because it's. <laughs> It's not what you think, man. It's not what you think. Um, I don't know. Maybe you can get like a. Uh, I would like to have seen a monster truck tire in there. Okay. Just like a massive, and it instead of blowing up people's heads, it just rolls over people, sure. crushing them. Uh, oh, you know what? That's what this. I was trying to think of the movie that it, this kind of reminded me of, Maximum Overdrive. Okay. With yeah. uh, the Stephen King movie. Yeah. With all the living appliances. Yeah. You could have done that with this movie, right? Like a meteor comes over and it, for some reason, it just yeah. brings all the tires to life, and then it's Attack of the Killer Tires. Right. I don't even know, know if I need like a reason why the tire is killing things. I'm fine with that. Like a killer tire that's going on a rampage, and mm-hmm. it could just kill, like it could kill them the exact same way um, that it does here. But I need something. I need it. Like I don't need the. I can't have the tire as the protagonist of the movie, and that's what we have here. Is the tire is the protagonist because there's no other protagonist. <laughs> I need a little bit of a story. I don't need the pretension. Um, you know, just have a pe- people that are at a wayward gas station like the one we see in this movie are holed up because there is a tire outside killing people. That's all I need. Yeah, and you can even do it where you know maybe they don't believe that it's a killer tire. Like, oh, that can't be true, and then. It just kind of picks them off one by one. Yeah. You know, they, they thought like this is fake or whatever. And then it, it gets, it figures out new ways to kill the people hold up in the gas station, you know, yeah. and, it, and a, an army of cops come and they can't kill it for whatever reason. And it just nukes the, the cops or whatever, or, and you could even have it where it does recruit other tires. Sure. And then what kind of tires are there? Cause you, you want to have Michelin Goodyear. Right. Bicycle yeah, tires. Right. Like the monster truck, the Michelin, the Goodyear, the white ball tires. You do all yeah. those things. Is it white ball or white wall? I think it's white wall. White wall yeah. tires. Okay. So 
So yeah, you can you can have all those like old timey ones, and I don't know, like what do you do here, man? What do you do? Like a tire from an old penny farthing, <laughs> a unicycle one or whatever. I don't know. What what were the ones with the uh, the giant tire and then the small tire in the back? That's a penny farthing. Oh, is it? <laughs> what did they call the the people who rode them? I, I don't know. A penny farther? <laughs> no, because. <we, laughs> There's the Simpsons gag with it. You don't like the old timey bikes. <laughs> That's what it is. The old timey bikes. Damn it! I thought I thought they actually gave the name. Yeah, there you go. Get get a penny farthing bike tire. <laughs> get get some action in there. I don't know. I don't know. You could, we can go to a tire factory and they all come alive. I don't. This movie sucks. I don't know. Mark. Yeah. Uh, I outside of doing the horror movie, which is the obvious thing. There's not much else you could. You could really do short of maybe at that halfway point breaking down the movie, like you said, having the the sheriff guy die from the shots and mm-hmm. have them not be blanks. Those are really only two things I think you could twist and save the movie. What about you, Ant? What would you do? Uh, like I said, I would make it a straight up horror. Uh, give it a protagonist, have him just a killer tire with a, a three act structure. That's all I needed. Okay. That's all I needed. Very simple. Um, I didn't need all that stupid bullshit about nothing. This makes any difference. It's like, well, then why am I watching this? <laughs> That's a good point. You're not, yeah. If you're not giving us a good reason to care, why, why even bother? Then, as far as I, then as far as I could tell, you've wasted someone's five hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> That's a good point. Like, imagine bringing this to a, a studio executive and saying, "I want to make a movie where the whole point is that there is no point." Like, well, all right, well, okay. What next? Okay, so it's about a killer tire. What are you talking about? You just told me that you're making a movie that the central focus of, is that there is no like difference in anything that we talk about. Mm-hmm. So why are you making it about a killer tire? Yeah. You could you could actually take that i that central idea and make it a good idea. Yeah. I think I I feel like that would make most sense in like a like a love story or something like that. Like where thing nothing makes sense or like sure. nothing matters where. It, you try your hardest to get a girl or a guy that you like, and it just it everything you do it doesn't make a difference. I mean, that's Clerks, isn't it? Yeah, that's Clerks right. Is a movie yeah. where nothing happens. Right, and um, yeah, there, there's a whole story around it, but it's just basically how you know no, nothing they do makes really makes a difference in yeah. the grand scheme of things, I guess. Yep. But uh, yep. That's yeah. That's rubber, guys. I think unless you guys have anything else you want to add. Uh. I think my wife owes me for this one. There you go. Uh, you want to plug your shit? Sure, sure. My, oh, my God. I just got the biggest mean eye from my wife on this. <laughs> I'm in trouble now, fellas. Uh, yeah, you could follow me on Twitter at Diaquino122. Follow Stranger Damies on Twitter as well, at Stranger Damies. You could also follow us on Instagram, same handle, Stranger Damies. Uh, we are doing a giveaway since we reached uh, our 500 follower milestone on Twitter. Uh, we partnered with friends of the podcast Ogopogo Gaming, so you can follow them at Ogopogo Gaming, Instagram and Twitter. Uh, they're giving away a free set of dice, and we're giving away a nice T-shirt. So it's a win-win for everybody, and it's awesome swag. So uh, go to our Twitter, check out how you can enter. And that's it. Yeah, so, and as usual, uh, Stranger Damies um, airs every uh, Wednesday. Um, we're in the middle of our downtime sessions, um, which is just a whole lot of RPing and sort of advanced little stories along. So um, it's, it's it's a nice little fun respite from the uh, chase you guys were on beforehand. Um, so that that is on iTunes, Google Play, anywhere you get your podcasts. Um, be sure to check it out. Um, and also, um, this past Monday, we released another episode of the Game Ball Pod. Uh, so be sure to uh, go find that as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, that, that's about it. Um, yeah, we're going to be, um, uh, uh, we apologize up front for the episodes coming up that, you know, maybe the audio quality is a little bit less than what you're used to, but with the quarantine, we have to record remotely. So, um, try and do the best we can, but, uh, hopefully we can, uh, keep the, uh, quality of the D and D going. Okay. 
great. Yeah, this is uh, They Called Some Movie, and uh, you can find us at theycalledsomemovie.podbean.com, and you can find us at any place you find your podcasts just by searching They Called Us a Movie. Uh, we are part of the Main Daily Network, and you can find us on all social media. It's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, just by looking for the, uh, the Main Daily, and we'll pop right up. Uh, we're now a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation. Find gbnation.com is their main website. Geek Vibes Nation. Search all social media platforms. They should pop right up. And on any um, a podcast streaming app, just Geek Vibes Nation. Search for them. Uh, please, if you got plenty of time on your hands because of this quarantine bullshit, um, please uh, give us a like or a review on Apple iTunes. It helps us out a great deal. Um, and that's that's really it for us. Um, I am at Aunt Delvec on Twitter. Uh, if you have any suggestions on what movies to watch, because we we're kind of picking them randomly right now, um, hit us up at the main at gmail.com or Twitter is a great way to get in contact with us, too. Um, if you have any ideas for movies that you think we should watch, um, a great place to do it. Um, that's going to wrap it up. Um, so the director of. Rubber is Quentin DePew. So for Dan Aquino and Mark Myers, this is Anthony Delvecchio telling Quentin DePew to go fuck himself. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.